The world of real estate investing is always changing. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, attorney and author Natalia Willett Grice has the expertise to provide valuable guidance on how to navigate the complexities of real estate investing. This is the Legacy Academy. Hello and welcome to the Legacy Academy. I'm your host, Justin Grice, the COO of LCO Law, and with me is attorney Natalia Willett Grice, the owner of LCO Law and the author of three great books on the legal side of real estate investing. Today, we're going to discuss networking for real estate investors, and we have a very special guest who knows the who, what, and why you need to know to have a strong network to succeed in real estate investing. We're excited to welcome Greg Simpson of the Tampa Bay Real Estate Investors Association and Outfast Realty. How are we doing, Greg? Doing awesome as always. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Uh, so Greg uh, is the owner of this Tampa Bay Real Estate Investors Association. And uh, Greg, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey in the real estate investing world? I sure can. So I have been a real estate investor for the last 10 years. Um, just hit that mark earlier this year. Congratulations. Uh, and thank you. Uh, it's been a whirlwind ride. Been doing everything uh, from uh, fix and flipping, wholesaling, uh, now landlording, and uh, I've done some creative financing stuff in the past as well. So uh, pretty well versed in, in all things real estate. Uh, like you said, I own a real estate brokerage as well. So I get the perspective from the agent side as well. Even though I'm not a licensed agent, I do see the value in being a licensed agent if you are looking at getting into this business. Uh, it's a good entry point. Um, but yeah, so it started, you know, wanting to make more money, like most people do, they get into the business and um, it ended up turning into a, a, that and being able to give back to the to the investor community with uh, with TV Rhea. And so that's kind of how it all kind of all came to be, be, be about 10 years ago. So. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So why did you start the Tampa Bay Real Estate Investors Association? And was that, you know, quick in your journey or somewhere in the middle? When did you start that? So I technically didn't start it, but what happened is, is um, I was one of the very first adopters of kind of sharing stories on social media, on Facebook lives and uh, posting my successes and doing video walkthroughs of my properties back, oh gosh, nine, nine years ago, I guess is when that started happening. And so I started getting recognized as, even though I didn't have a ton of experience as uh, somewhat of an authority figure in Tampa, and I wasn't no offense to some people that are real estate investors over the age of 50. Um, <laughs> so, uh, cause everyone assumes like you're this, you have, you see the picture of the typical landlord or a real estate investor and it's some old white dude, um, uh, that all the more movies portray. Right. Sure. And so I was a young buck. I was, you know, just, uh, probably, oh yeah, I was 10 years ago. I was 30. Uh, so I got noticed by another real estate investor who, actually ran TV Rhea and was looking to get out of the business eventually. And uh, he knew I was lived in St. Pete most of my life, born and raised there, one of those rare uh, born and raised Floridians. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he asked me to find a location for a and start a St. Petersburg meeting for him. Um, and so I did and I did that for about a year, maybe a year and a half. Or so I was a subgroup host for him. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it was able to basically buy TB Rhea from him when I was able to go completely full time as a real estate investor, sold my uh, former business. Um, and then 
so the reason I got into it though in the first place, and then it became obviously as the president and owner, was um it was a way for me to give back to the real estate investor community because uh like many people, I had taken a seminar, then a boot camp. I'm sorry, I should say a bus tour, mm-hmm. then some sort of mastery program. Um, and damn near cost fifty thousand wow. dollars. Um yeah, and that's 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 sometimes on the cheaper side from some of the students that I've had that have come through TB Ria or some of our classes that we've hosted. Um, but long story short, I felt like I wanted to give back to the to the people, um, even those who had, had already spent that kind of money. Um, that this was like I don't want I guess like a safe space or a place where they could come and learn and network uh, from people. And if you hadn't taken one of those courses, it was my way of like getting to you first. So that you didn't have to go spend that kind of crazy money on learning how to buy houses, either for fix and flip wholesale, uh, whatever the exit strategy you were looking for, you didn't have to go spend that kind of money. So that's where it started, if you will. And now it's evolved into what it is now, which is even crazier. So, (laughs) so, um, you know, following up with that giving back and anyone that goes to a TBRIA meeting can can see how Greg has transformed into this huge mentor for the real estate investor community. Um, tell us, why is networking so important for real estate investors and, and how does it contribute to succeeding in that field? Yeah, so um, it what I loved about TBRIA, at very, the very beginning at least too, and now it's it, it has some parallels to it, but I came from the perspective of believing that networking was everything uh, to my business, my former business. Uh, And so I was part of BNI. I don't know if you guys are in BNI or part of BNI. Um, So again, BNI is an amazing organization, Business Networking International. And as I have told to people at TBRIA and to um, anybody that wants to get into networking and whatnot, is that networking is not a natural skill. It is a learned skill. Um, it is something that you're not just going to walk into a room and all of a sudden you're a networking wizard. Um, and so I learned that process through BNI and the importance of one-to-ones, the importance of your power team and all of that really cool stuff. So when I got the uh, opportunity to host a subgroup meeting, I was like, oh, I'm going to do my best to turn this into like almost like the BNI structure without the attendance policy. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing I, I I still have a hard time with to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the reason I say networking is so important, even for real estate investors, is that it literally gets you connected to the right people. And, you know, they always say your network is is your net worth. And that is true to a point, you know, uh, you still got to be able to do the work um, or do the work that is expected of you when you meet somebody, you can't be a really great AC company, or whatever company. And just because you come to a networking event with a real estate investor doesn't mean that you earn the business and you don't have to perform. So, uh, but what I would say is that, you know, a majority of all of my income in the 10 years has come from networking whether it's private lenders through BNI and TV RIA or partners that I've gotten through TV RIA or, you know, friends, honestly, friends and mentors and whatnot, all through networking have really, you know, allowed me to scale the business, grow the businesses. And, um, you know, I, we're going to touch on it later. I know, but like 
not by having that ability to be good at networking in person allows you to be an amazing networker online. Um, Cause you're already, if you're okay with talking to a room of 50 to a hundred people, you're going to be okay getting on your phone and going on Facebook live or Instagram stories and reels and stuff and not be afraid of rejection. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is literally the, the number one thing that has contributed to my success is networking. I'll second that. It is absolutely yeah. essential. Mm -hmm. That's great. I, I would love for you to share with us a story of how networking has made the biggest impact in your real estate career. Well, to go back on both the TV Rhea side and on BNI, it's a combination story. Um, it's how I got started, really. Like, that's how I got my first deal. And so through networking online, I met my mentor, Luke Weber, um, through that investor seminar thingy. Um, he was not my actual mentor in the program. We just met via Facebook and got to learn a lot from him. Got to learn all the the, the uh, tricks of the trade, and uh, just by watching and having him make me do things that I needed to do for him. Mm -hmm. um, and so, basically, um, by having the experience that I got from working with Luke, I was able to, you know, have literal actual experience in the business, and was able to help him transform these crappy houses into beautiful houses. So. What happened is um, through that process, I had one of the contractors in BNI, Jason Avery. You guys all probably know Jason Avery. Mm -hmm. He came and quoted one of uh, Luke's potential flips. And so, because again, I was trying to help Luke find contractors, subcontractors, everything to help Luke streamline his process here in Saint, in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, Jason's price was like triple what us investors like to pay for things, but <laughs> it opened a door. For me to, I mean, I already had known Jason, but it opened another door for us to go have a one-to-one -one at Selman's actually here in Tampa. And if that tells you how long ago it was, because Selman's isn't around anymore, <laughs> uh, we uh, went and had lunch and he wanted to know more about what a good referral was for me because that deal obviously didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And he goes, hey, I, I got this guy. He's one of my project managers and he told me he's got like a hundred grand in the bank and not doing anything for him. Is that a good referral for you? And I was like, uh, duh. <laughs> and so- I met Rob. Rob's an awesome dude. And uh, I had just gotten my first ever fix and flip under contract for $83,000. I was like, yes, this is like fate. So I took Rob on the dog and pony show and took him to the ugly houses that we had with, I'm sorry, we took him to the pretty houses that we had with Luke. And then I took him to the ugly house that I had just put under contract for $83,000. And I was like, so Rob, I'm going to make this hunk of junk look just like that one we just did. And Rob funded my first deal. Um, so by networking through that and then, you know, having the, the experience of having TB Rhea people also was able to get private lending from TB Rhea as well along once I started having some more credibility because now I was like, hey, put posting pictures before and afters, walkthrough videos and all that stuff and bringing people through TB Rhea through some of these walkthrough things that we were doing has just amplified uh, the credibility uh, in the marketplace too. So I know that kind of was a little bit longer story, but it like, it kind of tries to bring it all full circle. Yeah, that's perfect though. That's awesome that you, you, I mean, it sounds like in the beginning you were very hands-on, you know, did, did you get involved with the actual renovations and things? 
I have a sledgehammer that I like to break some stuff with every <laughs> once in a while, but I don't, I don't typically partake in any of that at all. I can, I can, but if I start doing the work, then it's obviously distracting me from other things. Like I get to do my handyman stuff around my own house. I don't touch my own rental properties or own fix and flips at all. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Very smart. It's it's good to know like what your best skills are and to just For sure. those and sharpen those. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, putting yourself out there is um, nerve wracking for a lot of people. Sure. What would you say are some effective strategies for real estate investors that want to like initiate and maintain those valuable connections that they're developing within the industry, especially through networking? So to initiate those are is tough because some people have are too scared sometimes to go, you know, shake hands and, you know, meet people, hand out business cards. And so that's why if you come to a TB event and I catch you sitting in your seats <laughs> and she'll, she'll vouch for this. Yeah. I will literally grab a microphone around six 30 ish and go, guys, I know. What did you guys come here for today? And they'll go, oh, I came here to learn. Great. That's you're going to learn that just sort of what else did you do? And they say, Oh, I'm here for networking. I'm like, well, what the hell are you doing? Sit in your butt in this seat right now. And I'm like, get everyone that's sitting down, get your butts up and just go talk to one person that you don't know and just shake their hand. I promise they won't bite you. They won't smack you. They won't hit you. They won't hurt you. Just go talk to them and you'll be surprised at what doors will open from that. And so it's just a little bit of an icebreaker, obviously, to get them laughing and get it, make it fun a little bit. But it's one way to just initiate that boom, get it over with, rip the Band-Aid off and, and go. Um, and then maintaining them, obviously, that's the bigger thing. You know, you can't expect to go to one meeting, meet somebody, and then all of a sudden be a multimillionaire real estate investor. Mm -hmm. It's consistently going to the meetings, going to other meetings that may exist from TV Rhea, subgroup meetings, happy hours, whatever the case may be, so that you continually show up and meet the same people and meet new people, obviously, as well. But the best thing is you've got to stay in constant contact with them. I mean, that's why constant contact is called constant contact. The the company, right. Mm -hmm. Is that they're, you know, that's their whole motto is like, you know, it's not about just meeting that person or even a group of people for the first time, you've got to stay in contact with them because in the society we live in today, it's out of sight, out of mind. And then for someone like me who has ADHD on top of that, dude, if you don't stay in touch with me, I don't remember shit. I can't remember my like friends' birthdays and you know, stuff like that. So if my friends aren't reaching out to me, it's I'm sorry, guys. I love you all, but it's just it's out of sight, out of mind. And so that's but that's most people, right? They've got a million things going on. They've got kids or they've got everything else going on in their life. That's the last thing. So if you're constantly trying to either meet with them or just remind them that you're there to help them or uh, well, that's why we send out three emails for every single event mm -hmm. is to remind everybody, hey, don't forget, we have this meeting coming up. This is the speaker, so on, so forth um, and, and whatnot. So it's like it's it's paramount because like I, I have so many people that come to TV Rhea, they come one time, they hand out a bunch of business cards and they never ever seen again. Well, how am I supposed to build a relationship with you to know that you're any good at what you do? Maybe you could be the best buyer that I could have for my wholesaling operation. But if I don't have a chance to meet with you to vet you to make sure you are a legitimate buyer, that doesn't do either of us any good. Um, right. Same with whole, with your wholesaler, whatever you're 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 there at a meeting to do, I can't help you if I don't get to know you or the other members as well. Right. Yeah, so you had like mentioned, um, you know, this online networking, the in-person events. 
Can you highlight the balance between those two different, you know, the in-person and, and the online and which for you has proven to be the most effective? So it is definitely a balance between the two. I mean, we all got somewhat spoiled during COVID. We're all networking. All, all the webinars became, everything was online always 24 seven. And it was, for me, it was brutal. Like I couldn't do it. Um, I'm too much of an extrovert. We were back doing TV RIA meetings in September of 2020. We said, screw it. We don't care. I, I couldn't, I literally couldn't do zoom uh, networking anymore. Um, it was really tough for me. Uh, so the in-person one is definitely more impactful for the beginning aspects of networking. I, I would say, um, it's the harder of the two, because again, you know, on social, there's no one right there in your face talking back to you and looking at you. So maybe that's a little bit easier for people because you can run ads or you can run posts and, you know, people may comment or, but they may not either. Um, but I would say that in-person is definitely more effective in the beginning. And then social is where you can really hammer your credibility, um, to them and keep showing them that you are legit. You're the best investor. You're the best buyer. You're the best, again, whatever company you are, right. Best law firm, um, to really showcase yourself. That's where social really becomes powerful for you. Yeah. I can't stand initial outreach on social because almost every time you get a DM from somebody you don't know, they're they're instantly asking for the sale. They're not looking to build a relationship. And that is the such ass backward way of doing that. It's because <laughs> I don't want to be sold the moment I talk to you for the first time. And so if you come off it that way, you're never going to make social media work for you. Uh, it's always about proving value first and then asking for the business later. And too many people end up in everybody's DMs just like, hey, I do this. Would you mind passing me referrals? I'm like, why? Why am I going <laughs> to pass you a referral if I don't know you? Uh, so it's just the all too common tale, though. So uh, I, I, I can't say which is more effective because they both have in my opinion they have their their equal roles in in all of networking yeah well that's great i mean you because you're not going to bring you know your your photos to an in-person networking event typically and be like well see 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 the work that i did right so, so you make a really great point to to push the results oriented stuff you know the pictures of the renovations they've done or you know mm -hmm. testimonials things like that that's a better forum for it is that yeah, so and that's true? where you can also like push them to your your YouTube channel. You push them to your podcast. You push them to whatever you think that that person is going to resonate most with as that follow-up machine, right? And that's why we are doing podcasts all the time, right? And I've recruited agents from my podcast. I've gotten, you know, clients from my podcast as well. So like it's all networking, Uh whether it's shaking hands and kissing babies or whether it's, you know, <laughs> following up with them online. Uh, so I just feel like it's, it's, you can't have one without the other these days. Absolutely. It's true. And it's that like, no, like, and trust, right. You you have to mm -hmm. be able to, to trust that somebody's there and has integrity. That's, that's why you show up regularly. Right. Yep. And, and you've got to, you've got to like them and it helps to have that human connection first to see if, you know, this is somebody that's likable and then to know them, right. There's that other like impact of social media on seeing that you will continue to provide value to mm -hmm. your audience. So 
What would you say, Greg, is, you know, advice for listeners who might be a little bit introverted or shy, but still want to make a really strong networking connection? So Natalia, you may not realize this, but I'm actually very introverted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am one of those extroverted introverts. Um, And what I mean by that is that when I first got into networking, I got invited to a BNI from my best friend's dad. He's like, Greg, we're about, we're like, we're out, uh, we're out on the town, something for, and he was like, Greg, we're having drinks. And he's like, Greg, you got to come to this networking thing. I'm like, what the hell is a networking thing, Brian? And I'm like, what, what is this? I don't get it. He's like, no, Greg, you just got to come. You got to come. I'm like, all right. Well, he didn't tell me that I had to give a 30 second presentation about who I am, what I do and what a good referral is for me. So I remember writing like, you know, my little infomercial down and getting up and going, my name is Greg price schools. Because again, like I said, in the beginning, it's not a natural thing. This is a learned, learned skill. Mm-hmm. So by practicing and then becoming education coordinator and then all, all sorts of other things within BNI and then obviously getting into TV Rhea and then having to present and stand in front of the room and all that fun stuff, you just, it just, the walls break down real after time. So, but if you're introverted, like I was, the best thing you can do is go find a buddy who is extroverted, who may know somebody in the room that can grab you and go, Hey, you need to go meet Johnny or Jimmy over here and enter and like start the intro, have them do the introduction for you so that you can get yourself out of that fear of being rejected because no one's going to reject you. But we have this fear that we're not good enough or it's like, I don't deserve to be here. I don't have anything to bring to this group. So getting a buddy that either has already a member of the group um, or that you can kind of tell that you already know that's kind of like already making the rounds and, or if you aren't willing to do that and you don't have a buddy there, just look for those conversations that are not closed off. And what I mean by that is like the people aren't talking face to face. They're kind of like talking with an open where they're kind of like maybe shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that way I, uh, they can, uh, you can kind of like insert yourself in there and just kind of listen. And if you feel like you can add value, then you can, you can kind of chime up, chime in and say, yeah, that's a great idea. My name is Greg, you know, kind of thing. So uh, the buddy is definitely the easiest way though. (laughs) Definitely like the buddy system. What are some of the unique benefits that investors gain from being a part of an organization like TV Rhea? So there's lots of benefits for uh, anyone that's either, again, even if you're experienced or you're brand new, there's different things for everybody. Um, if you're experienced, you know, the ability to meet with the new younger wholesalers, maybe if you're looking for more deals, if you're, you know, like a fix and flipper and you're having a hard time finding inventory, come meet with the young, the, the newer investors who are getting deals uh, that may you may not see somewhere else. Um, you can also get benefits from our sponsors, whether you're brand new or if you're experienced, but especially if you're brand new and you don't have an attorney, you don't have a title company, you don't have a great hard money lender. We've got those resources for you just from our sponsors alone. Um, and then obviously the education is a huge part. We've got eight meetings every single month, plus any other happy hours that, that are, um, happening, so there's so many opportunities to learn at those meetings from the presenter, which is usually a 90-minute presentation uh, per meeting. So there's literally eight chances a month to go learn different aspects of real estate. And then obviously, there's a huge networking component to every single one of those meetings as well. 
so the the benefits are really endless. You can get your men, you can find mentors and coaches and you know, people who are willing to take you under their wing. It, it doesn't matter what you're looking for. As long as you go to enough TV RIA meetings and you're not just expecting to go to one and have all your problems solved, mm -hmm. you're gonna have a have a good chance of having every single one of those meetings provide value to you. Yeah, and I'll I'll second that. There's not been a single meeting that I haven't learned something. And you know, yeah. I, I mean, I've been a real estate attorney for almost 15 <laughs> years, and I'm still learning. Uh, of course, every single person has something valuable to contribute. That you're growing or you're dying. That's, and that's if right. you think you if you think you know it all, then that's when your business fails. Because <laughs> uh, I'm telling you what, man, I, I feel like the same way. I've been doing this for 10 years, and I still feel like there's stuff I'm learning every single day. Cause like, we're starting to get back into the wholesaling side of the business. And I'm like, Oh wow. Things have changed quite a bit in the last few years <laughs> since I haven't really been doing a ton of that, uh, systems processes, technology is like, wow, this stuff's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there's always something learning, you know, we've always got different speakers and different topics. So, uh, you know, whether it's fix and flipping wholesaling, you know, pad splits a big topic right now that I'm obviously mm -hmm. very, very excited about. And I've been preaching that for a while. So, um, but yeah, there's always something new to learn. So Greg, would you say like, um, could you provide our listeners with some action tips for making a lasting impression during networking events or for really like getting the most out of it and connections? Yeah. So again, if you're going to be a, uh, sitting in your seat, you're not going to make that impression on somebody. Uh, I'm always the big proponent. Of, I don't, are we video recording this or no? No, it's just audio. Oh, they can't see it. So <laughs> if you guys ever see me around town, I'm always wearing a shirt that is branded to me and my companies. So I'm always wearing my cash flow is king shirt with my, it's got my logo on the side. I've got my dealmaker shirt on today. It's got my logo on the arm. And so everyone and Daniel White will tell you this too, who's one of our sponsors and a good friend of mine. Um, we at Outfast changed his entire mindset on branding because we always were branding ourselves and marketing ourselves. So Hayden does a great job of this. Also one of our mm -hmm. sponsors, he's always got something catchy that he <laughs> says it's a great tagline. It can be literally branding yourself, like wearing your brand and your clothes on your clothes. Yep. Uh, and I don't mean like just having your logo on your shirt. Like everyone does that, like do something a little bit different. That's why we have different shirts that we wear, but everyone knows who Outfast is now mm -hmm. pretty much because of the fact that we've done a great job at branding ourselves that way. So having a great tagline, having a great brand, or at least just making sure you get your brand out there is really powerful. Um, having excitement, passion, like if you're going to be a dud, you can be, have the coolest business on the planet. If you are, you yourself are a dud and don't have any confidence about your product, no one's going to buy from you. Uh, so I, I would, I would say the best thing you guys could also do is go into your networking meeting or a, an education meeting like TV Rhea with a plan. Because if you go in there and you're like, ah, I don't know what I want to do here. I don't know what the outcome needs to be. Then you're just going to flail. You're not going to know who to go talk to. If you're like, I'm going to go to the main meeting and I want to meet a hard money lender because I've got a really great deal and I need to get funding for my deal. Well, then you're going to go there with a mission of finding those hard money lenders, meeting them and having that too. So uh, and again, if you have a good deal and you have you a, a good reputation slash good branding, that hard money lender is going to know, like, and trust get, or get to know you a little bit. Maybe set that meeting and then everything uh, like that. I would also say, like, I get a lot of um, people love my 
virtual business card. It's not like a handed business card. It's where they can you know, scan it or like I can actually tap their phone with my card and it brings up a website that takes them to a landing page that has all of my contact information with a click of a button. They can add me in to their, their phone right then and there. So little things like that, that are just out of the ordinary of what everybody else tells you do, which is having a standard, terrible business card. Um, <laughs> I love what you and Rob and old Tampa title have done too, with your, the koozies. My wife and I literally rotate between the three of you guys all the time. <laughs> with your, our, you guys koozies, literally. We have we have uh, have like those bubbly drinks every night for dinner. And we are always wearing are having the LCO bolt or Old Tampa Bay title, like because you guys give them. And I'm like hell yeah, I love them. Hayden's got I got one of Hayden's too, obviously. But like that's something really great too. Is you you know that's a business card. Um, you know your books are obviously another another phenomenal way to do that. Is like that's your business card. I literally wrote the book on it, right? Um, but those are great ways to have lasting, you know, imp uh, impressions on people at those events. That's really great. So now, how can investors or even newbies contribute positively to the meeting, to the network, and to their community? You know, how, how do they contribute and how does that contribute to their own success when, when they're giving back the way that you are? So I would say that. Again, if you're able to provide value in any way to somebody, whether you're new or you're experienced, that goes a long way to show people that you care because people do, do do like business or do do business with who they know, like, and trust. And the key one there is they like you, you know, and, and if, if you're willing to come at it with a service mindset, it's going to go a lot longer or a lot farther than just coming at it as like, what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. um, it's more like, you know, like uh, what, you know, what's in it for me is like such a terrible attitude to have when you're going to a networking event, it should be flipped around. It's like, what can I do for them? Cause that will come back to me tenfold. Uh, and that's typically how it works. You know, you, you, it's givers gain, which you guys are familiar with, you know, if you give, you will receive. And so having that different mindset is really the first step in that. And so by doing that, it's going to come back to you so where you feel like, I, I, let me preface this, or let me say this, like a lot of people that come to networking events say, ah, oh, networking wasn't for me. And it's because they, they were only looking at it for themselves and they don't have that mindset of like, I need to give to receive. And then they fall flat on their face and they're out of business. So they change businesses all the time. Again, if you've been going to BNI or RGA or any, the chamber of commerces and stuff like that, all those networking events, people, how many people have like changed careers and still come back to those? Yeah. Yeah. You see because it. It's because they're not really coming at those meetings at at the dip, at the right mindset. So, um, I would say just have a positive attitude at yourself again and come at it with that givers game mentality. Love that. Can you um, and, and and this is this is so key. And by the way, for anyone out there who attends TV Ria and as Greg recommended, right, have a plan. And if you're not quite sure who to talk to, and if you don't have a buddy. Come to us, um, you know, sponsors, we would love to connect you with the right person because mm -hmm. we know like who is the one doing hard money loans for this type of thing, right? Which title company is going to be the best fit for you based on what you're telling us that you need. So by all means, please tell us what you need because we're, we're there for you. But Greg, can you give us an example of how giving back, helping others has led to an unexpected connection or networking opportunity for you? I mean, I probably couldn't give you a specific example off the top of my head, but I can tell you without without a shadow of a doubt, like when somebody comes into a meeting, but usually it's typically before 
the meeting really officially starts or it's um, at the bar when we're, you know, having our adult beverages or just hanging out um, where somebody who's either brand new or just kind of getting started uh, comes and asks a piece of advice and uh, comes back and all right, I tell them what the answer is. And then they come back to a meeting and say, dude, you saved my ass on that deal. <laughs> um, or you were able to um, really help me narrow down my rehab budget. And it really helped me out to get that. Um, and it's either allowed me to help also then joint venture on deals with people because they'll talk to me about a specific deal. Like I'll either, or I'll buy that deal, right? Or I'll, I've, I've bought deals literally at TB Ria, signed contracts at TB Ria because People have brought me good deals and I'm like, let's go. Um, so it, it's also allowed me to have other speaking engagements by meeting people uh, at TB Ria and other networking events. But, um, you know, it's, if, 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 again, it goes back to like having like the, the toy drive every year too. And if you show people that you care, it allows them to connect with you and want to share who you are to the people that they also know, like, and trust. And so, you know, they're more willing to give you testimonials and tell their friends that, Hey, you should come to this meeting or you should go meet this guy um, or gal. Like it, 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 it just, uh, you know, doing habitat for humanity and stuff like that. All those kind of things just show you that it's not all about you. And uh, people just appreciate that. I think, I feel like that's why, you know, Metropolitan Ministries is also a really big one that we're a part of that we give like all of like when we have like Thanksgiving and stuff, we always give our leftover food and stuff like that to them. And it just allows you to have that connection with people who also resonate with that kind of stuff. Yeah. To, like really talk highly about you. And, and, uh, and again, if you got to look at this too, as not just as an investor, look at it as a real estate agent. Why do agents like give back to communities and do those things? Because they want to resonate with those people who will know, like, and trust what they're doing there because like I, say you're a really big dog person and you volunteer at the humane society. Well, there's a 10,000 realtors in Tampa Bay, right? If you see an agent who is volunteering there at, you know, a humane society event or something along those lines, maybe that's the thing that tips the scales in your favor. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, um, makes sense. Maybe that's the connection that you were looking for to uh, get into speaking at uh, or contributing to that kind of organization. Uh, there's so many, they, the list is endless guys. I'm, I probably could go on and on about this stuff, but like it's giving back is obviously again, the giver's gain type thing, but it's, it's even more so when you're giving back at these meetings and, and, uh, giving free advice, you know, I'm sure you're doing all the time too, Natalia, mm -hmm. giving all this free advice. People are like, Ooh, I got five minutes with her. I'm gonna get me answer this real quick question. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure like, you know, title companies have the same thing and our hard money lenders. I got this deal. Can you help me? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, again, when they think of when they actually do need you, they're going to come, they're going to come hopefully, you know, get a, a real consultation. With no, you. it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, I think that's why you pick the, the people there that their sponsors, right? Because mm -hmm. we all have that give back mentality. Totally. I love that. Um, how do you measure success in networking? Are there any specific metrics that you work with or indicators to pay attention to? Yeah. So that comes down to tracking. Obviously it's really tough sometimes with, with that. Um, but again, as you grow as a business owner, you've got to learn to track, right? And we do that via our CRM. So uh, when I meet somebody 
Um, I'm able to easily tag them at, you know, as the the tag TB Rhea. And then I also go usually go a step further and I'll tag them like at whatever meeting I met them at, whether it's main meeting, breakfast meeting, you know, the now the new South Hillsboro meeting that we just had this week. Um, so it's, that's one way to measure your KPIs, whether it's working for you, because then you can track back that referral source essentially to you. But if you don't have something like that, it's just, you're gonna have to like write it down on a notepad or something that that's where you got that referral from. Um, but if I could say, I, I'll give you like a percentage, even, um, I would say most, all of my business, probably close to 70, 80% of all of my business comes from referrals. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I, really I, think, yeah, like I would say agents are the same way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What were you saying? I that. Well, I mean, it's generally known to be also like the strongest type of building, right? Because you've got the referrals and then they will assist in making those, those connections with other individuals that trust your referral sources to begin with. So you kind of get that like built-in trust. Yeah. It's a um, trust by proxy. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is a lot tougher to do when you've got, you know, cold leads from Facebook or other kind of social media things. I'm, I'm dating myself here. I'm an elder millennial, like all of us here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is so important to track. So yeah, essential yeah. to track. Because, you know, marketing, like sales budget, like anything else mm -hmm. in your business, you've got to know what the return is on the investment of your time. Right. And I think that that's a, a huge thing for, especially for newer investors, um, even some seasoned investors, like while networking is by far the cheapest marketing there is, because it's usually just your time in a free, a, a cheap membership um, to like TV is 200 bucks a year. Like all it is, is your time to go to, to as many events as you can. Mm -hmm. So your, your, your cost is your 200 bucks a year, plus maybe the dinners or drinks that you may have at some of those meetings. And then it's your gas there and that's it, right? The rest is your time. So if you don't have a lot of money, like networking is the best marketing strategy there is because it, it just takes your time. Even if you do have the money to like pay for Facebook and Google and Instagram ads or all that stuff out there, you should never just not network because then what those ads do for you is that just, again, it enhances that in person. I mean, I've had people who were like, had never met me before and on the streets go, I've seen you on Facebook. I've seen you on Instagram. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are, but that's <laughs> super cool. Right. But that's, it's that in-person annex, uh, you should be doing both like we talked about earlier, but networking is damn near free, especially if you do go to find some free ones. But like, I can't stress like your, your return on your investment is going to be so much higher than anything else out there. Because again, all it takes is you doing one wholesale deal with somebody you met at, at TB Rhea to, to more than, you know, 10x your money on that small investment of your money and time. So right. like, I can't say it enough. And again, I'm not, we're here to talk about TB Rhea, but like this goes for any networking event that you go to. Yeah. Yeah. So now usually this is where we would summarize and give, you know, your, your actionable steps that you can take today, but we actually want to give something to you in the spirit of Greg's givers mentality. Um, we're going to personally invite our listeners today to join us at the next TB Rhea. Uh, Greg, can you give us that information on the dates? 
Yeah. So the next one that we have is our, we always have our main meeting on the third Thursday. So depending on when you actually listen to this, uh, the next one is September 21st, 2023. Um, it's always at the Barrymore hotel in downtown uh, Tampa. Uh, it goes from technically the meeting starts at six 30, which is our open networking until about seven, seven o'clock. We have our announcements. Uh, we have our uh, sponsors come give their pitches. We have our subgroup posts tell uh, the people about their meetings and what their upcoming topics is. And then it usually on 730, we have um, our speaker goes on. Uh, and that person usually goes from 730 until uh, nine o'clock. Uh, and then we have after hours at the bar slash restaurant until usually 10 o'clock or so. Uh, so you guys can come out to that one. Again, it's at the Barrymore Hotel, the 21st of September. And for those of you who are listening to this podcast, you can use the code LCO and you can get into the meeting for free which is normally 30 bucks for your first time. Or again, if you're a member, it's uh, uh, 197 a year. So you're getting 30 bucks for free on my dime. Wow. Thank you so much for that, Greg. And where do they first, go to sign up for that meeting? It's uh, tbria.com slash events. Uh, it will take you right to our calendar. And then you can sign up right there for the uh, event. All we need is your name, phone number, email, all that good stuff. And uh, use that code LCO and you will be able to get in for free. All right. Greg, and it always be you. worth your time. <laughs> yes, of course. I loved it. And just a little bit more. Natalia's always there. Every May she is. Natalia <laughs> is there. So if you are one of these introverted people who don't know who to network with, go talk to Natalia. She'll introduce you around. She she's really great about that. She has a giver's heart as well. And uh she'll she'll break the ice for you. And Greg, I'll do the same. Thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely really loved it. Your time. Of course. Thanks, Greg. See ya. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast application. And then tune in every Monday to get more tips on how to avoid investing's legal pitfalls and take your real estate business to the next level. You can also find us online at lcolawfl.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Legacy Academy FL.